Well, hi, Lou. How are you doing? How have you been going since we last spoke, which was last year, wasn't it? When we um, when we last had a chat talking about all the Christmas goodies that we um, that we eat and enjoy um, over that time. How, how was your um, uh, your festive period? Yeah, it was good. So we're back with the South Sea Folk podcast, yeah. um, talking about some brand new businesses and all things happening for 2022. Um, so welcome to everyone listening to this. Um, my Christmas was great. It was good. I had some really nice time with my family um, and I really enjoyed your pickled onion. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, you know, I'm glad when you, you did. <laughs> I thought they might have been a bit strong for you, but I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed them. When you talk about that pickle, uh, that that Christmas sandwich, yeah. it's because your pickled onions, for listeners that don't know, they're very strong and they have all these mustard seeds in them, and they really pack a punch, don't they, John? Yeah, yeah they do. So, it's not for the faint-hearted. Yeah, I thought, wow, they really blow you away. So <laughs> I can imagine your Christmas sandwich now. Um, nice. Yeah, but yeah, and no, we had a great jam time. as well. We were, we were, we were almost like little um, traders, weren't we? Just um, bartering <laughs> and sending over goods. So um, yeah. your, your marmalade, jam, marmalade. I don't know it was, it was gorgeous anyway. So, um, oh, um, so thank you for that. So, so, yeah. oh, and one thing I want to talk about actually before we get on and introduce our um, our wonderful guests that we've got on. I've booked myself to go to um, Broadway um, Coffee and do a, a roasting course on how to roast wow. beans on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, oh. really grateful to be um, popping along there on Saturday and um, learning all about, you know, how they're roasted, you know, what kind of beans, etc. So I'm really looking forward to that. It should be, um, should be a lot of fun. That's cool. And actually, um, I did a post this week that went out because I got it was I felt really slow getting going mm. this year. It's yeah, the first too. year that I felt really kind of like, no, I don't want to just race into the new year. I still want to eat nice food and light candles yeah. and chill out. So yeah. I did a post about how that's OK. And actually, a lot of people have felt like that because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. And then I talked about sort of not doing New Year's resolutions, but sort yeah. of thinking of alternatives. And one of the things was doing workshops. So it's really cool ah. that we're doing that on Saturday. Um, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so who we got then, Lou? Introduce their... Um, the person we're going to have a little chat with uh, this week. So we've got on this morning Lucy Reynolds from a business called Wines by the Sea. So welcome, Lucy. Hello. Thank everyone. you. Thank you for coming on. Um, so it's great to to speak to you. Um, mm, yeah, it's it's um it's good to have you have you on board and to um and actually this is going to be a temptation, isn't it, for people who are trying to do dry January. Or trying to um, or trying to cut down. We're 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 putting temptation in their way. So so Lucy, just tell um, people who are listening because um, you're a fairly new um, business that's coming up. So just uh, just sell yourself a bit. Who are you and and what do you want to do with um, Wines by the Sea? So hello, um, I'm Lucy, and thank you very much for having me on the show today. I'm really looking forward to kind of talking through stuff with you and being here. Um, so I started. Wines by the Sea last year. Um, it kind of started off as just an Instagram page where I was reviewing wines that I liked um, and giving my opinion from um, like what the tasting notes were and that mm. kind of thing. But my background is um, commercial marketing. 
So I've worked for big companies previous, like Marks and Spencer and B&Q in their mm. visual merchandising areas and their marketing departments. Um, so that's kind of where I come from. Mm. Um, but I made the decision uh, in September last year to kind of put all that behind me and um, progress with my own business. And the plan is in the future to open a wine shop in Southsea. So, yeah. so, so, so COVID, because I've read some of um, your stuff. So COVID was a real sort of kickstarter for you, wasn't it, to um, to go down this road? So, um, yes. So is, is that what made you a wine enthusiast or were you already a wine enthusiast and you're just um, you want to make that into a business? Um, I've always worked wine. Um, when I was a teenager, my parents kind of got quite severely into wine and then <laughs> told me what were some good things to try. And then it's kind of um, evolved over that, really. I felt like when I've travelled to different places that um, I've um, been able to um, like try different stuff from local regions. Yeah. And that's always been like part of the travelling experience for me. And I felt like some of the jobs that I've done I've um, been been had like the opportunity to go out on lovely like meals and try some of the nice wines that are offered in restaurants in places like London and that kind of thing. So it's kind of stemmed from there. Um, but I guess with COVID, um, I was kind of forced to work from home, which is what a lot of people were. And I felt a little bit like it wasn't really the job that I wanted to do anymore. Um, so I started doing a sommeliers course um, in October 2020, um, which finished in July 2021. Um, and so now I'm actually a qualified sommelier as well. So part of that was amazing because um, it just meant that I was able to try wines I hadn't tried before. And um, yeah, um, that's kind of like pursued the interest to then think, oh, well, what can I do with this qualification now I've got it? So like you were saying about doing workshops and courses, that was one of the things for me that came out of COVID, like taking um, something that I like and trying to pursue it further to learn about it. Oh, that's really cool. So when you did this course, and maybe even from before that, Lucy, what would you say, do you have a favourite wine? Do you say like, oh, my my favourite is red or white or? Um, I like both. Um, my favourite type of wine is probably an Argentinian Malbec. They're just so mm. like warm. And... Oh, they're good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I, do, yeah. I do like do like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny, isn't it, how they they come in and out of fashion because Chardonnay now, I wouldn't touch a Chardonnay if you went back, you know, six years. I wouldn't go anywhere near it. Too oaky, too just wasn't my my style. And they're starting to evolve now and you can get less oaky Chardonnays. And I'm actually, I'll, I wouldn't be adverse to going out and buying a bottle now. Yeah, some people um, apparently are part of an ABC club, which is anything but Chardonnay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was a member, fully paid up member to that club. I must admit. But do you... Sorry, carry on. What I was going to say, Lucy, do you think part of that comes from where there's been uh, vineyards, say, kind of in Australia, and they've had to move vineyards and maybe that affects the flavour? Because isn't there something about climate change now where, I mean, like in the UK, for example, we have got really good vineyards now um, because we've got a good climate for that. And that affects the taste of the wine, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be honest, um, the UK wine industry, like that's probably the best thing that's come out of climate change, to be fair. Yeah, it's that we've got now vineyards which are making really good wine. And also, I think it's just um, having a bit more time to work on 
things and really understand like soil types and what grapes we can grow here and what we can't so yeah Yeah. that impacts flavor and we've had quite a few like I think 2020 in particular was a really really good year for English vineyards just because we had that really nice weather in May and that also helped all of the um like production side of it but they're still a bit pricey I found there's the English wines they're getting better I think and I think Camel was one. Uh, I think it's a, um, a Cornish brand, but they're still on 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 the on the pricey side, aren't they? Do you see that coming down that price? But as um, soon as well, they can sell more, then I suppose it's all about um, yeah, getting more out there, isn't it? I think it's all down to production, and so you normally pay more because there's less that's grown, and yeah. it's more kind of concentrated production methods. And I think at the moment, um, where English wines are kind of a bit niche still that's probably where the price increase comes because you're basically paying for a better quality product than you would for something that's like off the shelf supermarket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess when, if you were to purchase one and you think, Oh, okay. It's like maybe about 15, 16 pound, which is a bit more than I'd normally pay for a bottle mm. of wine. Just think when you're drinking it, the quality is there and that's yeah. what you're paying for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the English sparkling wines are amazing. They're just as good as any of the, the main champagnes that you get out of, um, out of France. I think they're, they're brilliant. Yeah, I think yeah. especially in Kent, um, Chapeldown Vineyard is one that I yes. went to, um, mm. and did their tasting, um, like their tasting and vineyard tour, and they it was absolutely amazing. They've got such a good range for an English wine company, and one of the things I think that kind of puts them in good stead is that they probably a long time ago they shared a very similar soil type to France. Mm. Where like yeah, it's all just shifted over, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, so they've got like the chalkiness and the things that are required to grow wine. And, a uh, good way so yeah oh. yeah so so what would you say to someone who just goes out and buys buys wine and buys a label off the shelf from the supermarket how can you entice them Lucy to say you know please try other wines and and sort of have a bit of an exploration of of, of more you know um grapes and things like that i am that man leaving tesco's with a box of pinot in my um in my trolley i must i must admit so (laughs) (laughs) i won't deny it so what are you going to say to that um i think um a lot of it comes down to again quality like you get normally a better quality from an independent wine merchant just because they would have picked it from a supplier that um cares more about maybe the production side of winemaking also Mm um it's uh when you go to an independent winemaker, they will have like the tasting notes and the experience of like knowing what that wine's like and also can offer things like food pairing. And mm. why, if you were looking for something like more like for a birthday present or a gift or something like that, um, they can like recommend something that would be right for that kind of person. If, if you said for them to them, for example, oh, this person really likes Sauvignon Blanc, they might be able to suggest something that is a bit different. And I feel like that's the thing that's kind of missing from the supermarket at the moment you might have like a couple of paragraphs or sentences on why you should buy this wine or what it's like or maybe read the back of the label but having that independent wine merchant that can give the um like a better experience while you're in the shop I think is what is maybe missing from the supermarket yeah. I mean I mean yeah. that said Lucy um you you read up some of the wines that will come I'll use this as an example other supermarkets are available like Lidl's where for people on a, on a lower budget who maybe can't afford to go to the more upmarket, or it is, it is upmarket, you're getting a good service, but you are paying for that service, that some of the, the wines that come out of there at a lower price can be quite good, can't they? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing um, 
wrong with a lot of the supermarket wines. I think like Waitrose in particular are the supermarket mm. available. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good job. Oh, um, you mentioned Waitrose, I say Little, so that just yeah says says yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have I've tried some wines from Little, and I think that like they do, there are some good wines there. I just think that the thing that's compromised is um, the growers, and I think that's something that needs. Okay. To yeah. Yeah. It's also like, and I'm presuming they have to pay. They have to keep their prices right down to get into those supermarkets, don't they? So they're losing a lot of that um, uh, profit margin. Yeah, I think that's normally how it works with kind of mm. lower um, supermarkets. Um, and I think um, there is there's also things like duty. So the the cost of a bottle for duty doesn't change. I think it's something like one pound eighty six or something per bottle. So if you think you're buying a bottle of wine for five pound, and like almost like a third of that is duty it's like wow mm. like, am I actually yeah. paying for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can see that but I mean there are some um in, in Aldi there are some um real achievements so I know there was a gin that that won all the awards and it was only 10 pounds mm. um and it was like a really you know people were like you know racing to Aldi to go and buy this gin so I think there are achievements aren't there there are sort of great successes sometimes you know there'll be an odd label that'll come up and it'll be really spot on the flavors there the price is there and people really want to get it don't they I I I wish this was a video podcast because right now Lucy's cat (laughs) is sat over her left shoulder what's the cat's name Lucy Um, her name is Maisie I don't know actually what she's doing. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be famous. Her, yeah, she wants like, to be in on the act. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um so what advice would you give to someone, Lucy, that was just starting out trying to think about collecting wine? You know, that they they're a bit of a wine enthusiast. They don't really know what they're doing, but they they know that they want to start collecting, you know, a little bit of wine. You know, what would you, what, what what advice would you give to them? I think the first thing I would say is um, don't buy a bottle of wine and just think like in five years time it's going to be okay, <laughs> and then drink it. <laughs> a lot of like the aging, and I think it's similar like with things like whiskey and stuff is um, that it it's mostly done in barrel or. Um, and not necessarily in bottle so um some one some one of the things I was taught in my course is that in bottle it can actually age quite badly and then might get too oxidized especially if it's got like a cork for example like it could mean that um air starts getting into the wine and actually starts deteriorating the quality of it so yeah don't buy a bottle of like off the shelf wine and then think in five years time it's going to be okay that's um, a good point and, and you, yeah. it, is a, it can be a lottery as well can't it Lucy because you can buy a really good one that's then and they will tell you how long you can keep you know how long you can keep it for but yeah. you, some wines that you'll pay like 20 30 40 pounds a bottle for you could leave it for a couple of years and, the, and it could be corked it could be it could be horrible yeah exactly it's um I guess my advice would be um do a bit of research look into um location and vintage so um a year that's had a good vintage normally um the winemaker or the producer will say look we had a really good year this is why we like this particular wine um i've got mm. a couple of bottles from 2020 because i like i said before that was a really good year for mm. good wine and at the moment i don't think that's um it's it's you can drink it and it'll be absolutely fine but it's worth keeping just to have to for like more of a, a special occasion do you find um 
if you're going to be storing a wine, and this may be a you know an old wives' tale, that that reds will keep better than whites. Is that still is that true? Um, I think reds tend to age better. Mm. There's lots of things like light and um, kind of the humidity in the air and that kind of thing that impacts um, wines when they're kept. I mean, like not everyone has a cellar. I definitely no. have. No. I do, um, I do. I do have you one. You do? <laughs> yes. Maybe that's what you should start doing. Like it's full of kayaks and, um, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. Everything gets dumped down there. Okay. And of course, the, the proper answer to this question is what do you, advice do you give is to come along and see you, Lucy, and speak to you about, you know, uh, giving advice around stuff. like. Because I, I presume that is going to be part of the package that you'll you'll deliver even before your shop's open. Yeah, so I think like, hopefully the experience when the shop is open is that um i can give you a bit more of a tailored um mm. experience which is like i said isn't something you normally get from a supermarket but um yeah if you were to follow the web uh, the facebook or the instagram page um it will kind of give my opinion on some of the wines that are out there at the moment and um yeah i'm happy for people to ever mess like to just message me and ask my opinion on something or if there's a particular wine they want to um I don't know, buy and want an opinion on it. If I've tried it, I can definitely give my thoughts on that. Fantastic. I mean, you mentioned a Sauvignon Blanc on your on your Facebook page. And you've got a message from me trying to, to say, where do I buy this? Because I love Sauvignon Blanc. So <laughs> stuff like that is great. So we spoke a little bit about um, the UK and, and vineyards. And um, we got one quite local. We've got the Wickham Vineyard, which I've, I've been along to. But is there a favourite one for you in the UK that you would, you would recommend for anyone? Or, um, or is there a few? Um, Hambledon. Mm. Um, in, just outside of Portsmouth, um, I went there with some friends for their um, dine in the dine in the vines event. Oh, they nice. had, which was lovely. So it was like kind of like charcuterie boards, cheese, like, and then you have a bottle of their um, their sparkling wine with it, and that was just a really lovely experience. Especially if you go in the summertime when the sun's shining. Like I couldn't recommend that. Hopefully they'll be doing that again this year as well. Mm. Um, also, Chapel Down, like I mentioned before, that I felt like their tasting and vineyard tour was a really, really great experience. Um, the people there are really knowledgeable as well. Um, yeah. Do you have the opportunity when you finish the tour to try some more of the ones that you didn't get to try when you were in the tasting? So, um, and they keep bringing out like random things like vodka, and they also have like a brewery. And so I think they're like uh. a watch because they're kind of evolving. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of those kind of places um popping up, aren't there? With distilleries and um yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Um, so last year, Lucy, I went to a place. Um, it's just up from Brighton, and um, it's in an area called Sheffield Park, um, near Uckfield, that kind of area. I don't know if you know that that stretch, um, but there's a great place called Sheffield Park, and there's actually a wonderful wine collector there and you go on this walk and he's got a bit of a kind of independent garden centre where he's got all these wonderful plants that you can buy and then you just see the shed um, and you have to know it's there and then he opens these big doors and then there's all this amazing wine that you can buy. (laughs) I just think it's really cool that there's these people around the UK that have just got these tiny little places and you only know if you know. 
you see. Yeah, I haven't been I haven't been there or heard of it to be honest. I knew like roughly whereabouts it was, but I didn't know that there was this kind of like wine merchant yeah. operating shed. Yeah. yeah so it's you're so giving cool. tips, Lou, to the wine expert on where to go <laughs> to find some more wine. This is a well a I mean, I've, <laughs> I I've I've got a friend and he collects wine and he lives in London and we were all camping together and he went off for this walk you see and he came back with this massive smile on his face and we were like where have you been and he was like well I've been to the wine merchant you know it's just (laughs) just up this little path and this kind of way we were like oh wow so we've got to go and check it out and I would never have found it otherwise Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely go back and see him and um, I mean he was saying that what he was finding difficult was He'd never, ever um, had any problem getting wine into the UK before. And he said for the first time in 30 years, he could he wanted to order quite a lot of wine and he could only order 12 bottles. And he was saying, you know, that was, you know, a bit of a strange time. So it makes you wonder, you know, mm. what the um, availability is like in places like France. And Yeah. Are you, you finding know, that, Lucy? Do you find that? because um, we're finding it with lots of other products aren't we and I, I'll hesitate to use the, 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 the EU and Brexit and all that but are you finding um, it more difficult to get a hold of certain wines? Um, I think suppliers have kind of mentioned that Brexit was always going to be a bit of an issue for them mm. I know there's a lot of things when you can't like unfortunately just go to somewhere in Italy and find a really nice vineyard that you like and go oh I want a few cases of that and have it sent in there's lots of issues around like things like yeah. GPA. And I can only imagine that because of everything that's happened with the EU, um, that's made it a lot harder. So. Yeah, export yeah. and import. And, and we talk about, I mean, I love that that story, Lou, about you. And So this chap wasn't making wine, but he was a little wine seller that he was selling stuff. But I, I discovered a wine, probably five or six, more, well, more than one, actually, quite a few, a wine region that I didn't even know they, they did wine. And that's Croatia. Fantastic Ah. wines out of Croatia. I mean, we had some of the best wines I've ever tasted, white wines mostly, um, out of Croatia. And and they keep it to themselves because they don't make an awful lot. (laughs) So anything good they get, they keep, which I would do that as well. It makes more sense. uh, I saw from you, obviously people listening can't see the shake of your head and the smile. But obviously that is something that you've you've tasted before, yeah? Yeah, they, there was one at um, a, a supplier tasting event I went to back in September. And mm. yeah, I was quite um, blown away, really, by how good they were. Yeah. <laughs> and Amazing. like, it's like a, kind of in a bit of an unknown region and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. So where did you get the wine from, John? When you said you got it and it was from Croatia, where did you buy it from? Where well, we were um, saying... We were stayed in a, uh, an island called uh, Midiette and also a um, little place off the coast, the Dalmatian coast called Cortula. So all the wines we tasted were um, were from restaurants and, and recommended ah. in, in restaurants. Um, so that's how I found out and I wasn't expecting it to be good. So Lucy, there's a task for you. Get me a good bottle of white Croatian wine okay. and I'll be down there, okay? And, yeah. um, <laughs> I'll be chasing you up on that one. But um, shall we lighten it up a bit now, Lou? Shall we ask... Um, some more personal, not too personal. Don't worry. Don't start sweating. You're all good. Um, a couple of uh, uh, personal ones. So give me a film that you've watched uh, and, and that you would tell your friends about. Um, right. So I think the last puffer film that I watched was Don't Look Up. Have you both heard of it? I've heard a lot about that. I watched Jennifer it the Lawrence. other night. Oh, what did you think? 
Luke, it do is you like absolutely it? brilliant. It is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like Adam McKay anyway. Um, he's the director, and I just felt like um, it's a very different light to see Leonardo DiCaprio in. But I quite liked it. It's um, it's an interesting watch because it makes you think. Oh right, yeah, this definitely could happen. Um, mm. It's a little bit scary in that respect, but. Yeah, I felt like it was done really well, and, and I, I need to put that on my list. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, on the good. same on the same um, line, there is there a film, an old favourite of yours? You maybe watched, you know, ten, eleven, twelve times, or just more than once. Have you got anything like that that you um that you could go to? Um, I'm a massive fan of the Back to the Future trilogy. Um, oh. Who is my fiance? Um, <laughs> she went to London to see the musical a couple of months ago, and that was absolutely fantastic as well. So, um, yeah, <laughs> back in the future. Oh wow! Uh, my question for you, Lucy, is because I really do love wine. I I was a big red wine drinker for a long time, and then my husband got into white wine, so we switched to white wine for quite a couple of years and now I've gone back to more drinking more red wine again and we always love to have certain snacks with different wines so I really love to eat kind of um, cashew nuts and (laughs) certain things (laughs) so do you have a lovely favorite snack that you have with a certain wine or do you have a snack that you always go to when you're drinking wine? Um... Pringles. (laughs) <laughs> I, do, I am partial to a salt and vinegar pringle but i don't they don't they don't go that great with wine <laughs> um one of the best pairings and something that people might be like oh my god i can't believe you're going to say this is um <laughs> putting kfc with champagne oh really <laughs> <laughs> nice it's something oh. to do with like the greasiness and like yeah. how the through that and the herbs and spices, like the kernels yeah. there, the champagne, yeah. like so oh, I would actually gosh. say like try it because it's um yeah, it's a bit different, but it does actually really work. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I get that. Bombay mix with a bottle of black tower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's on a Friday night, John. <laughs> You can't go wrong with a nice bit of red wine and um, Stilton or port is even better. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Yeah. I know my mum in law, um, her partner, he, he's collected certain champagnes over time. And whenever he would open this certain champagne, they would always have it with chips and egg. I thought that was really kind of odd but now you said about the KFC I guess the saltiness the salt that goes on the chips I guess there must be something about those flavors that actually make the champagne taste better I I don't I don't know I mean I I I just wouldn't want to try it to be honest (laughs) I would go um, for the KFC with the um, champagne I would definitely do because I love both of those so what about Prosecco can you have Prosecco with KFC if you've got a bit more but not down market because Prosecco has really got good isn't it um better Yes, it's um, there's def- different kind of ver- like variation of it now. I think mm. um, it's always good to go for a DOCG Prosecco. I think if right, you yeah. DOCG is, um, if you look at the little t- like label that runs around the top of um, a Prosecco, a DOCG region is normally like the highest like kind of classification region that comes out of Italy. So okay. they're good ones to go for. They don't pair as well apparently with, with KFC. <laughs> <laughs> But they're great, like for um, like an aperitif or like camp with canapes, anything that's like kind of starter. And I think sparkling wines always go great with desserts as well. So, 
Yeah. So you definitely. mentioned champagne. That's a very large region with lots of different um, brands of champagne. What's your go-to? Um... Oh, um, Moe, definitely. Uh, uh, <laughs> What's yours, Verve Clique. I love Verve Clique. It's um, it's my um, my my favourite. But yeah. Anyway, well, it's been fascinating, and 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 just ending it on the KFC and the champagne has <laughs> got to be the high point. And um, that's brilliant. That uh, that I think everyone <laughs> listened to that. So, but before we do go, Lucy, what's um, just tell everyone where they can find out about you and um, and and what to look forward to this year. So um, I'm hoping to have a shop open um, in Southsea in the next couple of months. Um, I will obviously be advertising that quite heavily on my Facebook and Instagram page, which are wines, which is Wines by the Sea. Um, I should be able to, you should be able to find me from there. And like I said, if you've got any questions or you want any tips or advice on wine, I'm more than happy to answer those for you. So. And also, yeah. You've got um, a crowdfunder, which I know you said has finished now, hasn't it, Lucy? But people can still donate. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with it. I thought once the time had finished, it would stop. But people have been donating since and I'm still getting the money. So if you would if you would really like to donate towards the shop and getting it set up, that would be most appreciative, please. <laughs> oh, great. And so they can find that on your Instagram, can't they? So you've got a kind of little link on your Instagram to say, you know, go to the crowdfunder here. So anyone listening, if they're interested in wine, they really want to support you, they can go and donate from that link. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I'm not sure oh, how long they to stay open for, but yeah, if, um, if you were interested and wanted to donate anything, that would be great. Thank you. Oh. and you're making me want to go to Waitrose now because my favorite champagne is Paul Roger I absolutely love it and if mm. either of you have never tried that you know go and I try it because it is it, yeah. amazing mm. so I feel like I want to go and buy some now yeah you gotta get KFC with it yeah I was quite lucky and was bought a bottle of that for Christmas by my partner um and it was the Winston Churchill limited edition one so yeah oh that is a nice one yeah did lovely. he bottle it then did he is that why it's called Winston Churchill <laughs> no <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's um like inspired artwork I think on the um ass packaging which is uh, yeah okay. I love the boxes they've got really lovely boxes um, and yeah, it's nice but anyway you've got to go John and yeah. it's so great to have you on Lucy and we'll, we'll chat some more we'll we'll get you back and you know hopefully you know yeah, think about where you'll be in a year's opens. time you know yeah. it'll be great won't it and I'll be yeah, let, let us know when the shop opens and I'll definitely be popping along thank you so much Lucy yeah it's been a lovely chat really enjoyed it and you um, and good luck with 2022 yes good luck okay.